came to your funeral. Imagine them getting up and sharing about your life. Sharing about what you meant to them. Sharing about how you affected them in one way or another. And they are sincere. This is, of course, a, a funeral service, a celebration. So they're sincere. They're, they're trying to tell the truth, okay? So just imagine that. He said, do this. Begin your life. Begin living with the end in mind. Imagine what these folks are getting up to say about you. And start, imagine what you want them to say about you. I hear some wheels turning. I hear them wheels are turning. <laughs> I hear some wheels are turning. Imagine you want them to say about you and just live your life so that when they are standing up behind the microphone or the podium at your celebration of life, that's what they're saying about you. That's how you affected their life. Isn't that powerful? <clears throat> Something to think about. Amen. Say lies, it says in the Psalms. Begin with the end in mind. Now, we have to understand the importance of today. What is today? Resurrection. Today is Resurrection Sunday. It's not Easter. I know we call it that in our culture. I know that. I know people commonly say Happy Easter. But as I shared last week in, in the bulletin, Easter was a, a word meaning the goddess of fertility in the pagan world. Ashtart. So they, we change it to Easter. And she, she is who brought the, the eggs and the, the bunny rabbits all because of their symbolization of fertility, of new life coming into being. As Dola shared, the new life, the new life in Christ there. But in this particular case, it was their pagan festival honoring Ashtarte, Easter. So we don't do Easter, we do Resurrection Day. If we want to shorten it to the rap version, Res Day. Res Day. Come along with me to on this day to celebrate our resurrection day. Amen? Amen. So that's what we're doing. We're celebrating resurrection day. Uh, remember, it, it seems like God's word could uh, could live more effectively. God's kids could live more effective Christian lives if they will believe like Jesus did in beginning with the end in mind. Uh, look at Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12, uh, verses 1 and 2. If you brought your sword, say amen. Now, I don't mean you had to bring a book because some folks don't use the book anymore. They use their phone. I've got 32 versions of the Word on my phone. So get your phone out or get your Bible out. Get the Word of God out. And we want to look at Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 to 2. Therefore... We also, since we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Do you have faith today? Anybody here got any faith today? The author and the finisher is Jesus. It says, who for the joy... That was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame. They beat the living daylights out of Jesus with that whip, with that cat of nine tails, the soldier did. They beat the, the Jesus out of him with the rods and the thorns on his head, swelled his head up. The Bible says he was so bruised and so beaten that no one could recognize him. Think about that. Imagine that, okay? 
So for the joy that was set before me endured the cross, despising the shame, and has been set down on the right hand of the throne of God. Jesus came from the throne, uh, laid aside all the good things, the wonderful things. Imagine sitting on a golden seat. Imagine having servants who would come. Hey, I need some Starbucks, Gabriel. Michael, I need, I want some cappuccino. You know, imagine that. The angels at his beck and command, he's there. He, it says he laid that aside and came and was born into one of these, uh, these packages of what amounts to earth or dirt, flesh. And it says he was without sin. Completely righteous. Never did anything wrong. Okay? But he endured that cross and he despised the shame. Let's look at the end. Jesus uh, was enduring that cross and despising that shame for. Would you turn over to Philippians chapter 2? Philippians chapter 2. When you get that in your sword, would you say, shout amen? Amen. We need to start getting in the habit of bringing our, our swords with us. I don't need to open this because I, I have it on my paperwork here to read. But we need to bring that so that we... It's so much easier when we're hearing it and seeing it. We learn it. It, it registers on us more strongly, okay? Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 11. Does anybody have Philippians 2? Yeah. Amen, amen. It, it says this, Let this mind or thinking be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God did not consider robbery to be equal with God. He didn't think it was something he had to, to grasp greedily, to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant man and coming in the likeness or image of men and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. You remember he said this that night? He said that they were complaining. He said, don't you think I could call 12 legions of angels, and that was 144,000 angels, and they would come if I called right now and rescue me out of this? Don't you believe that? One angel, go to your Old Testament, one angel killed 185,000 trained veteran soldiers. Of Assyria. One night. So 144,000 angels, they could flat get her done, couldn't they? Yeah. In, in protecting Jesus and rescuing him. But he, he could have done that. But he says he, he laid all this aside and humbled himself, became obedient to the point of death, the death of the cross. Therefore, here's the end. Therefore, God also highly exalted him and gave him the name which is above every name. We, we, when Brother Mike was, they're dealing with that infection and doctors are saying it's in the gallbladder, it's an infection. That's a name, isn't it? That's a medical name. Infection, right? Deadly infection. But there is another name. What's that name? Jesus. Jesus. That name given above every other name. So one of the things we do is say infection in Michael. Infection, bow your knee. You are a name, so bow your knee. To the name of Jesus. And that's happening. Glory to God. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Get excited. I'm so excited. Woo. 
It says, God also highly exalted him and gave him a name which is above every name, that at that name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven, of things on earth, and of those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. I don't know if y'all are, are, are aware of it. Amen. Yeah, amen. amen. That, that, that's worthy of praising. Amen. That name is above every name. I don't know if you're aware of it. But we have other, we have headquarters face-to-face worship this morning, hearing the word of the Lord, worshiping the Lord. But we have around the world, I I saw Jeffrey, I got to see the little report. We had someone in Finland logging in to watch and stream with us. Amen. There was was a couple I saw in Singapore. I've been to Singapore. Beautiful place, but it's a long ways away. And they're on the other side of the time clock from us. When we're, we're here at 10 o'clock, it's 10 p.m. there. So they're staying up late. They're staying up past the curfew to log in with us. Praise Amen. God. They're worshiping with us. And there are people all over the world, a whole lot of them around here, but a lot around the world. They're worshiping with us. And I call them our worship streamers. And you worship streamers, realize this. That name is above every name. Realize this. If you desire salvation If you want to be God's kid, a king's kid, if you desire that, if you realize I need God in my life, this name Jesus, this man Jesus, the only begotten son of the father, he says, come to me. And he says, no man can come to me except my father draw him to us. And he said, I am the way, the truth and the life. I'm the only way to the Father. I'm the only way to the throne of heaven, Jesus said. So realize this was an end that Jesus was looking for when he endured the cross and despised the shame because it was very shameful because they pulled your clothes off. Wouldn't that be horrible out in front of a crowd of people and and, and some soldiers pull your clothes off? Oh my goodness. Thank you. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Horrible, horrible shame beat the smithereens out of him. You didn't recognize him. Bleeding, could barely move, and they dump a 150-pound big cross on him to carry it. You can't do it, and they get someone else. Really emaciated, tore to pieces. And the Bible says God laid our sin, everything bad of us, all of our good and evil, everything laid upon him on that cross. He despised that cross. He put it behind him. He did, Amen. Amen. He put it behind him because there was a joy waiting for him. Who was that joy? Anybody know? Who was that joy? Everybody say, me. (laughs) You can sing it. It's a note in in music, right? Me. That's you. That's the joy set before him. The family. I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. How about you? Glory to God. Glory to God. So this was an end he was looking for despising the shame and laying aside the cross. Uh, It's no mystery that he denied the shame of the cross and all the other things that came against him. Now look at another end that Jesus could see because God said in his word, I know the beginning from the end. And Jesus, if you didn't know, those of you watching online, if you didn't know this, Jesus was all man, but Jesus was also all God. The God-man anointed by God's Holy Spirit. 
And that is what he wants us to become. Jesus, that's what Christian means, little Christ. He wants us to step into that truth and that reality. Now, Revelation chapter 19, verses 13 through 16. Revelation chapter 19, verses 13 through 16. He was clothed with a robe dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. John 1, 1, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. That's Jesus he's talking about. He was called the Word of God, and the armies in heaven clothed in fine linen, white and clean, followed him on white horses. Then out of his mouth goes a sharp sword, that with it he should strike the nations, and he himself will rule them with a rod of iron. He himself uh, uh, treads the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God, and he has on his robe and on his thigh a name written. Guess what that name is? Who has it open? King of kings and Lord of lords. That's shout grounds right there. Glory to God. He glory Jesus. King of kings and Lord of lords. One of my favorite kids' church songs was King of kings and Lord of lords. Glory. Hallelujah. King of kings and Lord of lords. Glory. Hallelujah. Jesus, Prince of Peace, glory, hallelujah. Jesus, Prince of Peace, glory, hallelujah. Amen. Y'all didn't sing with it. Amen. Come on. <laughs> Just about seven words is all there is. Isn't it? Easy to learn. Amen. So that's the other end, another end that he was looking for. Now remember King David. Anybody remember David? What was he famous for? He killed the giant Goliath, right? There were other things he's famous. He made Israel the nation of promise that God designed it to be. He could turn over to Solomon and there was peace and prosperity everywhere he went. Amen. So uh, David, uh, you remember him? God called him a man after my own heart. David is stuck out there with sheep. You ever hung out with sheep? You ever go out and hang with sheep? They're kind of, They're kind of dumb, you know? They don't have a whole lot to say every once in a while. Bad. Or they'll go out and they're waiting on you, the grown-up, the shepherd, to lead them over someplace to eat better food. Yeah. And it's like, bad, let's go to McDonald's, bad. No, no, let's go to Wendy's, bad. You know, they're looking for greener pastures, amen. So David was out there with the sheep, and what did he do out there? Did he get his iPhone out and, and play video games? No. No. Did he get his phone out and watch the NCAA Final Four games? No. He was out there. He had his guitar, his lyre out there, and he was praising God. He was meditating on his word. He was praying to the Lord out there with those sheep. And that, that's why David could, when a lion or when a bear came out and grabbed one of his sheep to, to chow down on it, to make a Big Mac out of it, what happened? David said, I rose up and I grabbed him by the jaw and busted his head and delivered my sheep from him. That's why he could do that, why he could say that. He was submitted. He was in the spirit of God, submitted to him. And here's something he wrote. Psalm chapter 119, verse 34. Psalm 119, verse 34. He said this, give me understanding and I shall keep your law. Indeed, I shall observe it with my whole heart. Did you hear that? Did you hear that? Give me understanding and I will keep your law or your word 
indeed, I shall observe it. I'll do it, in other words. I'll digest it and do it with my whole heart. Now, are we interested in pleasing God? Is there anybody here interested in pleasing God today, this morning? Anybody interested? It's going to require us seeking the full and proper understanding of his word. And I'm going to tell you of this day in history, this day of resurrection, the why and the how of it all. In grade school, I was a best buddy with a little fellow named Johnny Carpenter. He's also known around town as a smaller town. He's known around town as Little Johnny. So I'm guessing there was a big Johnny somewhere. And uh, it, he, he kind of had a little hitch in his speech, so he called himself, he knew himself, my name is Johnny Coppendo. <clears throat> but everybody called me Little Johnny. So Johnny's family seemed to ignore God and, and all spiritual things the whole time that I was there and knew them for the most part. Uh, some might say that Little Johnny was, some of them called him a little heathen. Okay, <laughs> Have you ever been a little heathen? Uh, as was his best bunny, your best bunny, his best buddy. I got bunnies on my mind on it. His best buddy, moi, yours truly. I was a little heathen, believe it or not, back in those days at that time. Now, uh, in second grade, he arrived for school and thought everything was fine, but he couldn't seem to get a grip on, grip, a grip on math, on math class. I was just like him. And I couldn't do it. And I suspect we both needed to renew our mind about the importance of math because it's important. And, and so we need to reorder our priorities and get focused and committed to that. Amen. Yeah. So little Johnny's family became concerned because the teacher told him in the meeting, uh, I'm going to have to keep him back. He's, he's, he's such a slacker. He doesn't seem to care. If he doesn't bring his grades up, we're going to end up keeping him back in second grade. And all his classmates go ahead of him and they get to point their fingers on the way out the door, you see. So we need to deal with this. Can you folks, can his parents, can you help me get little Johnny's grades up here or get him to get him up? So they decided to pull him out of our little school and they enrolled him in the nearest Catholic school with, he had nuns for teachers. I, I had that for a period of time growing up. Wonderful, wonderful teachers, wonderful people and really cared about us and wanted us to learn. Well, he had these nuns for teachers and how many of you know what is maybe a most notable thing when you enter a Catholic church? What's usually hanging up on the wall? And who's on that cross? Right. They call that a crucifix, right? Well, little Johnny, he got enrolled and, and uh, was going into the class. He arrived uh, and did fine until uh, entering the math class. And at the end of the first two days, something changed in the end of the first two days. Johnny was at the top of his class in math. It was a complete mystery to everybody who knew him. He wasn't as brilliant as, as Brian, you see. <laughs> so it was a mystery. How, did he, how is he such a genius with this math? And so revelation came. They had a parent-teacher meeting with his folks and the sister, and they were sitting there in the meeting, and the news arrives when uh, the mystery was solved whenever they asked him, Johnny, what did you do? What happened? How did you become such a genius in math? And he explained it this way. He said, I had a real problem with the figuring out my math until you moved me over to this school. Look at his parents. Until you moved me over to this school. 
my first day in math class, I looked up at the front of the room and he said, I saw that guy hanging on the plus sign up there. And he said, I decided right then and there, I didn't want to end up there with him. And that was all I needed to get this down. <laughs> he, he was at the top of his class all school year. Ha ha ha. Ha ha the devil, right? <laughs> the humor in, in that little is that little Johnny got his understanding with a faulty understanding of the one hanging on the cross. Isn't that funny? Amen. Plus sign. <laughs> we need to strive to understand the one who died for us. Uh, since we've been engaging this year, since January 1st, in a New Year's revolt as opposed to a resolution. You ever do resolutions? You do them with the intention you're going to break them, right? You think you're not, but you know, that's what happens every year. Been there, done that. <coughs> Amen? So in, as opposed to writing a New Year's resolution... We're going to have a New Year's revolution. And remember that we started out with several things we listed. The latest one we've been looking at was a revolt against ordinary carnal living. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. And remember the word I used to illustrate because it was carne in Spanish. And it means meat. And carnal living means thinking with the meat. The flesh. The body. Right? Right? We revolt, we're going to revolt against carnal, ordinary living. Uh, Paul had explained this in 1 Corinthians 3, verses 1 through 3. I want to read this to you. Uh, Brothers and sisters, I could not address you as people who live by the Spirit of God, but as people who are still worldly, mere infants in Christ. I gave you milk and not solid food, for you were not ready for it. Instead, you're still not ready for it. You're still... Worldly, For since there is jealousy and quarreling among you, are you not worldly? Are you not acting like mere humans? Remember that? We don't want to be mere humans. Why? Because we're supernatural. The Bible tells us if anyone's in Christ, what's happened to them? They're a new creation, new species, something that never existed before. That's who they are. That's supernatural. So we're not ordinary. You forgot to say amen. We're not ordinary. Amen, amen. We're, we're supernatural in him when we're following the spirit of God. Now, Romans 8, chapter 6, verses, uh, verses 6 through 8. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace because the carnal mind is enmity against God, the enemy of God. Who wants to be God's enemy? Anybody? Even the devil, you realize the devil doesn't want to be God's enemy? <laughs> it tells us that in the Bible. He doesn't want to be God's enemy. He can't help it. But the carnal mind is the enemy of God, for it's not subject to the word of God, nor indeed can be. So then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Who wants to please God? If, if we want to please God, where do we go? We go to his word, right? right? And David said, give me understanding of your word so I can keep and do your word. Psalm 119, right? He said that. Now, here, here's something important. 1 John chapter 5, verse 20. 1 John chapter 5, verse 20. Most of you, you read your Bibles and you pass over. And I'm not condemning anybody because I've done it years and years. I, I just turned uh, 39 plus shipping and handling that equals 60 in December. 
So I've been here a little while, and I have been guilty of that, going reading through my Bible and not noticing things, not paying attention. This is something very important in the Word. 1 John 5, verse 20. And we know that the Son of God has come and has given us an understanding that we, so that we could know Him who is true and that we're in Him who is true in His Son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and everlasting life. Now, who knows God this morning? Huh? Yeah. Who desires everlasting life? <clears throat> He has given us an understanding. Remember David cried out, give me understanding. He's given us an understanding. How do we grasp hold of the understanding our Father has offered and provided? Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians, when you get that one, say amen. Ephesians chapter 1. Paul is praying. We get together every evening with Jesus' time together reading in the word, reading the word out loud, and then we pray together. And I want to tell you, family, you have been the focus of prayer. We thank God, Father, we thank you for our family at all levels, that our, our gentle shepherd body family, for our kinfolk family, for our close friend family, for our ministry associates family, Lord, we thank you for each one of them. And we pray for y'all. And this is one of the things that we pray. I'm going to read it starting in verse 17. Paul says, I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The eyes of your... Anybody have it open? The eyes of your understanding being enlightened. Why? So that you can know the hope of his calling, what he expects of you. Yes, amen. How many of y'all want to know what his will is? Amen. How many of y'all want to know what he expects of you? Amen. This is where you find it right here. You may know what's the hope of his calling. What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? This is what he, whenever he said, I do to you, and you said, I do to him, this is what becomes your possession, the inheritance in the saints. When does an inheritance come to your possession? Anybody know? This is a courtroom thing, right? It's after whoever is, is bequeathing that inheritance to you, after they die, right? And in... And where we live now, probably after months and months and months in the courtroom, right? To decide who's going to end up getting what, right? An inheritance. You know, I, some of you have told me you, you've got inheritances. It's wonderful. Praise God. So, but you know what? This is the wonderful thing. The one who died, he, has a new, he said, this is the New Testament in my blood. He died, then he came back to make sure... You get your inheritance. Amen. So what do we do? We got to understand that our eyes open the, the glory of his inheritance in the saints. And last of all, what is the greatness of his power to us who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him on his right hand in the heavenly places. Remember that verse earlier? It says he denied, the, he despised the shame and denied and passed over the cross. And now he's seated at the right hand of God. Jesus is no longer hanging on the plus sign, folks. Amen. It's a good chance to everybody shout amen. amen. He's no longer on the plus sign. 
And, and I love that old rugged cross. I do, but you know what? He's not. He hasn't been there for 2,000 years. Yeah. I love that old cross where the dearest and best for a world of lost sinners was shame. I love it. But God is saying to each of us, begin with the end in mind. And the end is he's off the cross. Wonderful. When he was on the cross, you and I were on his mind. Wonderful, wonderful. But he's past that. King of kings and Lord of lords. Sure. Amen. Dola has an object lesson she wanted to share. And I'm going to close with an appropriate song. Realizing this, he's not on the cross. He was on the cross, but that's done. The plus sign is removed out of the equation now, folks. It's all Jesus. And we're in him, right? We're, who's in him today? Anybody in him? Yes, amen. I'm going to tell you, if you're not... Those of you worship streaming with us, if you're not, get in him. How do you do that? If you'll confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised from the dead, you will be saved. That's the word for it. You'll be plus righteousness with Jesus, living with him forever. Do that now. Say, Jesus, be my Lord. Jesus, I believe you. I receive you as my Savior. I thank you for that. You're washing me whiter than snow and making me brand new in you and bringing me to Father's house. Amen. That's all you need to do. Now, you need to keep growing and following. Yes, you need to ask for, for the milk of God's word and grow, yes, as a spiritual baby, yes. But you're in. You cross the border into the family of God. And now walk and live in him. Do we need to get the other? Or we've got that down already. Praise you, Jesus. It's working. It's working now, okay? Dola wanted to share an object lesson about Naples. And Well, we we definitely want to make sure no one leaves here without knowing Jesus Christ That's as right. a personal Savior. That's right. This being the day of resurrection, I wanted to share with you in closing, we know that Jesus went to the tomb. He was put in the tomb. And then we know that Mary Magdalene came looking for him and then Simon Peter, who was behind him, and this is found in John 20, uh, arrived and went into the tomb. He saw the stripes of linen laying there as well as a burial cloth that had been around Jesus' head. The cloth was folded up by itself, separated linen. So they walked into the tomb. All the, all the other rags and stuff that was on him was all over the place. But that was over his face. That napkin right. was folded. Did you ever wonder why it was folded? Folded and gently placed in a position. Let me explain to you. Back at that time... In the Hebrew transition of that day, the folded napkin had to do with a master and a servant. That was a difference, a master and a servant. Every Jewish boy knew this transition. When the servant sat down 
set the table for the master, he made sure it was exactly the way the master wanted it. Everything was in order. The table was furnished completely and perfectly for the master. Then the master would come in. He would eat. The servant would watch him. If the master got up, dipped his fingers in the water, cleansed his beard, his face, and took his napkin, and did that, wadded it up, put it down, and then he was done. Master wasn't coming back anymore. So the servant could come in and clean everything up. But, but, if the master took the napkin, folded it up, placed it carefully down on his plate, that meant he's coming back. Glory. Jesus said with the napkin, he's coming back. He's coming back. He's not done. He's not finished. He's coming back. And that's what it meant in the scripture. Right in the scripture, that is John 20 that talked about that napkin being folded. That wasn't by mistake. That was completely on purpose. Hallelujah. Happy Resurrection Day. He's coming back. close our Resurrection Day service recognizing the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords with yes, the special amen. song. Realizing what did that verse say he has given him the name which is above every name. And I want us to finish uh, if you would like prayer for something